Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. There we go. Okay, yeah, we are recording. We are live and in person. That is very exciting. I know, after, after so many times. Trials and tribulations. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I basically just completely re- you know, reformatted my computer <coughs> on Saturday. That's all that Saturday was. It was a. Well, see, now I'm going to be trying to remember all of the br- brilliant and witty things we said last time, the first time we did this. Exactly, yeah, that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be playing catch up. For anybody listening, just know that the first time we talked, it was all fascinating. Exactly. Everything we said was hilarious and pithy. And and now we're just old friends, so now it's just a catch-up. So. And now it's just catch-up. Also, how have you been? It's been a month. What's Other than computer issues, what's going on in your world? Uh, nothing it, much. It's been more than a month. <laughs> exactly. Um, real quick, just for everybody out there, um, welcome to the Animation Station podcast. My name is Josh. Joining me is the extremely talented voice actor, Mr. Robert McCollum. Greetings and hello to everyone. So glad that we could finally make this happen. It's been a journey. It's <laughs> yeah. been a journey, and we've all learned something, and we've become stronger, and we've become better people. And exactly. that's the important Many thing. Many ups and downns, all kinds of craziness. That is, you know, as it's a hero's journey, and they, there are struggles, <laughs> and there are times when you doubt, and you turn away from your true calling, and then you fight through, and then it all works out in the end. Excellent. Or you die in a giant pit of lava. That is also one of the options. But still... We're here yeah. now, and that's what matters. I was co- the last time that we we talked. I was contemplating that pit of lava. <laughs> it was looking we, real good. Should we give backstory of what happened to the to the to the dear listeners that missed out on all of the uh, all of the fun, or we do not want to even go? Oh into no, it? yeah, we'll we'll go into it because it's it's a it's a very fun sad tale. Um, basically, we had our first recording, and it was me, you, and Gavin, and it went well. We talked for. I was like 45 minutes. It was great. It was funny. I go to it was, edit it. It was brilliant. I was I was pithy. You guys were smart and insightful. We all learned something. We grew as people. Yeah, it was great. I wish I wish you dear listener, you dear podcast listener could hear it. What we should do is I still have your cuz basically what happened is we recorded all of Robert's stuff, recorded none of our stuff whatsoever. I think we have maybe five minutes of ours, like just, just you know, the test stuff's like, oh, how's it going? And then it just cuts. All right. I have an idea. You can choose to cut this out and not let it go if you want. But what if you put the, vi- the, the audio of like five minutes of just my half of the interview and made it available to your listeners so they could put their own questions <laughs> – <laughs> and send it back to you, and like the winner, you could feature on your podcast. That would be that is actually a great idea because, like, what Gavin and I had first thought it was like, okay, before we tell him, 
let's just listen to it and see if maybe we can record ourselves into that. Sure. Oh, and absolutely. It, yeah. We, it, that would have been my first guess, too. It took about 30 seconds, and we were like, no, this is impossible. <laughs> but you could get something really creative if someone found a way to like mix it with questions that had nothing to do with anything that the actual questions were. And it'd be a we'll, challenge to the creativity of your of your listeners. We'll put that out on the website. Yeah, th- that's a great idea. We'll put it out on the website and be like, okay, you record your interview with Robert and then send it to us and then we'll play it on the podcast. Or, or auto-tune it to music and, you know, make it <laughs> oh, <there laughs> whatever they want to do. <sighs> okay. I, well, give my, I give my permission and release for both <laughs> of those interviews to be put on your podcast. That's awesome. On the website. Okay, let's go ahead and just kind of kick things off. Robert. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, clearly I am I am a born <laughs> huckster because I can't help sliding into marketing mode on your project when you interview me about my stuff, um, which is what we did last time. Last time we got in a huge talk about how to market podcasts on both yeah, our ends. Yeah, we did, yeah. But that is where I come from. I am a sales and marketing guy, um, which means basically a professional huckster and liar. Um and so that's where I started, and of course that blended seamlessly into acting because that's what actors are, is professional liars um, who pretend to be other people. Um, so yeah, I moved to Dallas as a fresh-faced young college graduate and was going to take the world by storm, uh, the business world, as a marketing and sales guru. And then uh, a few years into that process – discovered that there were actors living in Dallas and people making an actual living. And I had always been interested in acting. I hadn't done any in college, but decided that, hey, that looks like fun, at least as a sideline, and got an agent and started going on commercial auditions and suddenly found myself working in Dallas and found out that there was actually work to be done and to be had in the commercial world. You know, this isn't huge movies or TV shows or anything, but there was a steady amount of work. And at that same time, started doing improv comedy because that was another love of mine and another interest. And through improv comedy, met a man named Mike McFarlane, <laughs> who anime fans will know as one of the premier directors at Funimation now. Uh, most all of the big, the biggest titles have Mike's uh, directing behind it. Uh, and the original, you know, voice of uh, Dragon Ball, and you know, he's been in the game as a voice actor forever, and then also as a director. But he's the one that said, "Hey, we need people come out to Funimation. It's this tiny company in this tiny office, and this is, you know, 15 years ago, uh, tiny office, and and anybody who would show up basically would be, could be given a part." Um, because there was no money in it, and they were still doing off tape to tape. It wasn't even digital at that point, if you can believe that. So they had to stop the tape and back it up and then re-spool the tape and then re-record it to tape. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, I, know, I know how that stuff goes. I used, uh, I worked at a movie theater back in 2005, and it was before everything was digital. So it was really So you were loading reels, yeah. Yeah, the, all that fun stuff. Well, the, de- the dubbing process was fascinating back then because you had giant machines and, and you had to actually wait while it re-spooled and backed up for each line you did. So, you know, added hours to the process. But started with him and that was probably 99 or 2000. Maybe some loyal listener can look up and find. I've never actually found the first first 
show that I did, it was probably a case closed episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then through that started doing anime and have done you know well over two hundred major titles now, major uh, characters. Um, have gotten to be a part of some really great, uh, great properties over the years as a result of that. Awesome. And then still, I'm an actor and director, so in in Dallas, in other things, non animated related. Yeah, well, well, we're gonna go. We're gonna definitely talk about terms a little bit later on, like for sure. Excellent, excellent. And then also commercials and TV and that sort of stuff. So it, uh, that's the one big thing is that you can't just do one thing. In if you want to be an artist, you have to have ten different jobs. I think that's true of everyone that does voice work as well. Is that that's one of the things you do, but it can't ever be the only thing you do. I guess if you just went to conventions every weekend and made that your job, you could probably make your whole living off of anime. But man, it would be hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I don't know how people like Jessica Negri. I mean, I know she does all the cosplay, but she goes to like twenty six conventions every year, and I'm like, I have no idea how you can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I have not done a whole lot of conventions, but I, I think I've decided that I'm about to start making that, uh, you know, a priority to start going out and, and going to some of these conventions. And, and I, you know, I haven't done it a lot, and there are a lot of fans who ask and say, hey, can you come sign stuff? Because they've got stuff where they have a bunch of the other cast on their signature, you know, on their – already have signatures for it. I'm the one they're missing, and they're like, dude, when are you going to come? So – I feel like I owe it to them at least to come and do start doing some more conventions. So I yeah, think in the next year, people, I think people 2018 is going to be the <laughs> Rob McCollum goes to convention land. People, but it's people, exhausting. I can't people, like I can't understand how she can do that many and people oh, like yeah, her it's, that it's do ridiculous. cons all the time. Yeah, I mean, people like me, we need our psychopath covers signed. <laughs> that's a fun. That's that's always a favorite. That's oh, always a favorite. Psychopaths and an Attack on Titan and Fairy Tale are probably the three most. Brought, although every once in a while, at a convention, someone will bring up a Baki the Grappler, which is one of the first lead characters I ever had. I was Baki in Baki the Grappler. It is not a great show, but there are people <laughs> who love it. And I love it because it was my first one, and I learned important lessons. Like, even if you fight people, you can be friends with them because that's what pretty much happened at the end of every episode of Baki. Yeah. And also that you could eat to make yourself a better athlete. <laughs> like, like strength through gross overeating was the, was the training strategy that seemed to work for Baki, and I love that. I've lived by that ever since. Um, I weigh 750 pounds now. <laughs> that's that's kind of like the reverse uh, Popeye. Yeah, exactly. But there was there was there was some solid, and and Baki is a great show on many levels, and I, I encourage everyone to rush out and and buy it on DVD. I don't even think it's streaming anywhere. Maybe it's on the Funimation channel. I don't know. That's such an old title and an obscure one. Um, I mean, you may have some, a lot of people coming out for Drifters now. Sure, and Drifters is one that I didn't really realize how big that was going to be. I was, that kind of surprised me. Tris Bevins, the director, had told me about it. Sounded like a really cool premise. Like I was in from the beginning on the idea of the show. I was like, I definitely want to be a part of that. I was lobbying him to try to be, you know, Butch and Sundance. Oh, that was where I wanted yeah, to come in. Yeah. 
And then, but that was before I had seen any of it. And then he goes, ah, uh, let me show you a couple of scenes. And I'm thinking I may have you read for this guy. Of all of them. Yeah, and then I was, I was like, I may want you to read for this guy. And I'm like, oh, yes, please, please let me read for this guy. And then it took a while to find out uh, if I'd gotten it. And I, I like, I dig that show a lot. Yeah, I, I, I remember when Funimation just, yeah, they said that they were going to be, uh, they were going to get the dub rights to it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll read it. And it's, it, the premise sounded really cool. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, not 100% sure I'm, you know, really down on the art. But then, you know, second I was like, okay, yeah, it's, this is this is a must-watch every week now. Just that, that storyline is so good, and you guys do such an amazing – you and Josh do such an amazing job. I was like, wow. It's, it's well, and it was so fun because when everyone when it was announced and everyone started speculating on who was going to be what, like all of the, the, the fan lists on who they thought would be cast as, as, as what were pretty – were fun to watch. I don't know that anybody got it 100% right if you did. Email my fan page. Tell me you got it right. I'll send you a, I'll send you a signed thing. If you can if you can find the post. All right. That, here's the thing. Go to the Robert McCollum voice actor Facebook page because that's the only page I have that's working right now because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> if you if you call Drifters and can show me your post of where you said this is who I would cast and you got even fifty percent right, I will send you something. That's but you gotta you gotta send it in. And I'm not even going to mention it on my page, so you have to be a listener to this <laughs> podcast to even know it's happening. That is an exclusive offer. An exclusive offer Robert right here. McCollum and Animation Station Podcast. I, I know I have at least one copy because they give us one. That's the other thing. People are like, oh, you have, must have so much swag and stuff to give away. I'm like, no, I get one copy of a show that I'm in, and that's it. No posters, no keychains. And then I go up to the Funimation booth, like at, at conventions and events, and they're just throwing them away. And I'm like, "Can I get one of those?" Like, "Oh, sorry, no, they're for the fans." I'm like, what? Ah. <laughs> but I know I have at least one copy of Drifters that I can, I can will to somebody. <laughs> now, um, talk, just kind of talking about you know uh, characters like you know Baki and Nobunaga and uh, Kogami. Do you have a favorite character that you voiced? I love a lot of them for different reasons and in different ways. Um, one of my all-time favorites was Sensei in in uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Show. Mm-hmm. He was the season three bad guy, oh, kind of the the nemesis anyway for season three, and that was one of my favorite characters because it was also the first bad guy that I got to do. Um, I had been doing young, excitable hero types. You know, the 14-year-old, we can do it. Let's go. Like the Josh, I had been, I was in the Josh Greel lane for a while and uh, and wanted to, I was like, hey, I have a lower register. I would love to play more with some of this other stuff. And nobody was thinking of me that way. And finally, Justin Cook at Funimation, who's now a high and fancy executive there, uh, took a chance and let me voice the bad guy. And I realized that bad guys are more importantly, like super powerful bad guys are way easier than anybody else. Don't have to they yell have that to, much. They have to work so much less. They don't scream. They don't power up. They don't kamehameha. They just are like, ugh. And the half a building throws down. Like, they lift a finger and they, they do nothing. And, they like, one of his lines was, oh, that's right. I'm killing you. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Like, 
there's no screaming there. There's just being cool and saying awful, terrible things. Like, when do you get to do that in life? So I much prefer getting to be the low-key bad guys. Although, I gotta say, in terms of of good guys, it's tough to get much more low-key than Kogumi in Psychopaths. Oh, yeah, he's extremely <laughs> he's, mellow. He's a cute, cool cucumber. Um, I would say, like, yeah, that's... I, 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 now I, I'm in the, the, the crotchety, crusty guys. Like, if there's a grizzled cop with an attitude and a healthy disdain for authority, you got then, that one? then they're going to they're gonna call me. <laughs> I'm at least going to get to read for that. Now, with this uh, growing voice, uh, like, with this growing voice actor market, has it become harder for you to, you know, land some more of these roles? Or do you kind of go off of your body of work or I mean how exactly does like the audition process work well it kinda, it's it's still the same in that you still kind of got to go up and earn your earn your every role because no matter how much Funimation loves you for most of the titles the uh, at least a part of the casting decision still goes back to Japan and the original owner of the of the property mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter how much they love you. You still have to win the job um, with Japan, who's never heard you before and never cares to. <laughs> um, so, and there are a whole lot more people. For a while, there was kind of a, a a spot where there was more work than there were voice actors, and so you kind of got thrown in on everything. Um, so that ended, and there's a whole lot of new folks. But the new dynamic is that we're doing these uh, simul dubs. Which is basically we're we're dubbing them as they're ready and releasing them close to or near, you know, on the same day or very near when they are released in Japan. Mm-hmm. So they go up on Funimation online the same week that they're live in Japan. And what, you know, that helps prevent piracy. That helps us get a, ahead of the curve. And like, why wait two weeks to get the ripoff one when you can have the actual one from Funimation for just a membership, you know? for your channel fee. So what that means is that the, the timelines are shrunk. So instead of having six months to finish a DVD, because the DVD's already been released in Japan and we're just waiting to release it in the U.S., we now have six days to turn around a title from the time we get the script to the time it has to be finished recording sometimes. So it's, it's greatly shortened the amount of time we have to execute. And so directors have to be faster, writers have to be faster, who are writing from the translation. All that has to be in a shorter time period. And what that means is that they've got to record, and they got to record now. And they have to, so if you're already in the building for something else, that helps you. If you've already proven you can do something and you're not going to, you know, flake out on them, that helps you. And it, it kind of, I think, hinders the new folks from getting a chance because, the other thing that does is when you only see one or at most two episodes ahead, like if we're only one episode behind Japan, we don't know if random guy number three in the back of a room of episode two might turn out to be the most important character yeah. in episodes five through 12. So where it used to be, there was a safe pecking order of like, when you were new, you came in and you did background characters and you did smaller characters and you got to learn the craft and learn the technique and learn, de- develop relationships with directors. 
Now they're like, oh, I'd love to bring in some new guy that's not had a chance and let him do this small character. But what if that small character turns out to be the key bad guy and we just don't know it yet? Maybe I better not risk that. Maybe I better give that four-line part to somebody that we already know and have have, uh, some experience with and know that they can deliver. So sometimes I think people are like, oh, God, why is it the same 20 voices on every Funimation show? But with this new schedule it's like yeah it's kind of hard to take a flyer on somebody new when you don't know where it's going to go and how involved they're going to they're going to need to be exactly yeah that may, and that makes total sense because i we had uh marissa linty on and she was telling us because uh, she's in nambaka and she plays the warden and the first two episodes like her character's like this stoic kind of like you know browbeater type character and then episode three, she gets like really high pitched and girly, and it was like you, they had no idea, and she she didn't think that she was going to be able to keep the part because you know, she didn't think that she could hit that you know register. But I can't remember who the director was, but it basically said tough. It's it's still you. We got to figure it out. Yeah, that's exactly, great. Yeah. I mean, that's great that they stuck by her. Um, there's been a bunch of times where, because notoriously, directors up at Funimation will do bit parts in each other's shows. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Chris Bevins, do you have 20 minutes? I need a bit part, and I'm recording in this booth. And so The other thing you need to know about Funimation is that there are, I think, 10 studios. One, two, three, four, five, six, at least eight. I think maybe 10 studios recording all day, every day, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. They are all churning on all cylinders, because there's that many titles that have come up, especially now that the Crunchyroll merger has happened. Mm-hmm. There's so much back catalog to get through that they're all working all the time. So it's a little bit frantic. And so they'll be like, hey, I need this guy for two lines. Oh, Jerry Jewell is directing in next door, and he doesn't have anybody for this half hour. Hey, Jerry, can I borrow you? Hey, Chris Bevins, can I borrow you? Hey, Mike McFarland. Well, then what happens is that that, again – Seven episodes later, that guy turns out to be a major character that they need for four or five hours, and now they're battling with this director's already over full schedule <laughs> to say, hey, I know you're directing another show of yours, but can you spend seven hours over here voicing something in mine? So oh, it's, man. it's made it all a little bit of a dice roll up there. So everyone's a little frazzled. You kind of walk in the building, and everyone's kind of got this, sh- at least all the... The employees, the full-time employees of Funimation kind of have this shell-shocked look. Now, apart from, you know, your regular acting and your voice acting, I mean, your, your, like your anime acting, you also do some video games. I do. I love video games. Video games are, are a way shorter time commitment and pay way more money, and they're usually a lot more fun. <laughs> is, it, so, is it harder doing a lot of the efforts for the... Uh, for the you know for the video games or I mean which do you like you know doing better like do you would you rather have like a set script like this is your anime character here you go or these are a bunch of efforts that you need to do for your video game character so we needed a grunt and roll around and oh the grunt laugh. and rolling around is is always fun I mean it's vaguely ridiculous you feel ridiculous but it's totally fun to just just go and give me like okay give me ten jumping sounds. <clears throat> <clears throat> I mean, that's you know in the back of your mind that what you're doing as an adult is patently ridiculous. <laughs> At the same time, you're like, this is my job. This is awesome. I'm getting paid um, to grunt. Yeah. 
But then the other thing that's so great about video games is that, you know, we're in the in the voiceover dub world of Japanese anime that we Funimation actors live in. There's very little creative opportunity. It is it is scripted by someone else. It is locked in. You've got to match the flaps exactly because they're really serious about that at Funimation. Like you, there's there's no there's not as much room to imbue a character with something that you're bringing to the table. Most of the video games are pre, you know, you're working from just a basic animatic mock-up and and a script. So they're like, this is what he says when he tears the troll's head off. And you give them the three lines they've written, and then you can suggest four more lines that might be appropriate when ripping a troll's head off. And... So then you get to wait and see what made it into the game. Like, oh, that was my line. That was great. Um, so it's way more fun, especially Axton on Borderlands 2 was a character that they let us improvise a fair amount on, and that was really fun. The, 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 the Where you can hear it most on all of the characters is if you leave the – if you walk away from the controller and you leave it idle for a certain amount of time, they each of the characters has their own uh, – kind of monologue that they go into <laughs> it's little pieces but it's it's like bored axton and what does bored axton say to try to get you to pick up and keep playing or realize that you've walked away from the controller or whatever and, it, and they were just like just go just whatever whatever comes to mind and a lot of that actually made it into the game so that's that's always exciting that's cool you actually take a phone call in the booth be like just just loop this in it'll be great yeah <laughs> Yeah, so and, and it's it's just it's all a little more laid back, and you usually have the writer in the room with you, and they're coming up with stuff, and you're coming up with stuff. It's it's way more collaborative on the video game front, whereas the the voiceover dub, your job is to to execute as closely as you can what the Japanese did, which is a a different skill and and sometimes more difficult, but it's a completely different ball game. So and while the video uh, games are fewer and far between, more far between, they're they're more fun. And you get to record that. Said that was Borderlands. You got to record that in Dallas, right? Yeah, Chris uh, Chris Sabat has a company called Ogrotron that records a lot of video games. And getting to work with him is always fun. And, and the whole team there is a good group of good group of folks. And there's another game, Orcs Must Die, was another wasn't a huge title, but was done in Dallas and was a lot of fun to work on. And Curse Kaler is a writer, female writer, female writers in video games, which was awesome. Nice. She was she was fantastic, and it was cool to get to work with her on that game. Now I'm going to have Anonymous pissed off at me. But. <laughs> As, won't we all? <laughs> at some point, don't worry, it'll happen to everybody. Let's I like female writers, deal with it. Text message from Gavin. Is he? Oh, no. I thought he was going to come over. It was not. Just tell them to suggest a question, and you can actually read it. Like, Oh, yeah, let's do that. We don't even have to be subversive about that. Say, okay, Gavin couldn't be here. Here's the question he just texted me. <laughs> question for Robert. We'll see, we'll see how this works. <laughs> not, not robbery. That would be a different text. My phone still <laughs> auto-corrects my name because I usually just put Rob, and my phone auto-corrects my name to Ron. 
And I'm like, it's my own name. I've typed it enough over the years I've owned this phone. It should know yeah, that my name Siri is not Ron. <laughs> oh I don't even understand how Ron is the default. There's got to be more Robs than Rons. And even still, it's a verb as well as a name. Yeah, how is that um, not more popular? Parks and Recreation still pretty popular. Oh, it's, it's, that's it's gotta, true. It's got to be Ron Swan. That's very true. That's a... That's a wise observation, sir, that I had not put into proper context. All right, so we do have a question from Gavin via cell phone. The worst part, Robert, the, the worst part here is he lives about, oh, a 30-second walk. We live in the same apartment complex. I can look out my balcony and see his balcony. So our question from Gavin what is it like recording with ASP three times? I have to say that the first time I was a little, I was nervous. I was unsure. It was kind of a crazy experimental time in my life. And I didn't feel like really centered in who I was. The second time it was, it felt more natural. It felt like it was all going to happen. But then as often happens, it didn't finish the way that I hoped it would. So this time, the third time, it's been pretty great because everybody's comfortable, everyone's free to be themselves and just explore the honesty of what's going on here. And usually in the third time, it doesn't end quite so quickly, so it's been great. I was trying to think, how can I make that the most sexual reference possible? <laughs> and that's where it went. Okay. Oh, God. I died a little. Oh, man. Okay. But let's not make y'all's existence sound sad that you're in an apartment complex 30 feet from each other. It's like a baller apartment complex with, like, jacuzzis and lots of hot women in the pool between the two, like, penthouse apartments that you two live in, right? Well, I... Because we've talked about the... There the, is a pool the right giant outside. I'm on the profit second. there is in podcasting. We've we've acknowledged that in podcasting there's a huge pile of money to be made. It's really hard. I mean, do you feel it's difficult whenever you keep getting in all those residual checks? Like I never have time to, you know, actually go to the bank. I had to start using the little take a picture on my phone and send it in. It's just, yeah, it's I just felt difficult. bad. I just felt bad for the teller. When you walk in with that giant stack and she realizes she's going to be there for the next 20 minutes, just yeah, counting all of the money that you're bringing in. So, yeah, I, I know it's tough. I mean, and, and you go We're, in there and she's with, like, oh, with no. With podcasts to... like YouTube, with podcasts, it's all about the Washingtons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's kind of deviate. Let's go, let's go away from the anime and video games because the last time you were on, you talked about your podcast terms. And since yes. you were last on, I went and I marathoned that. It was really kind of bad because I was waiting. I think there were still three episodes left when we uh, when we had originally recorded. So I was just waiting. Everywhere I was like, come so on, you waited until they were all out, so you could dive in. I waited until they were all out. I dived it in. It's all right. It's, great. Well, it's, 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 it's we didn't really get to have this conversation to... last time. Last time you had no idea. Now you know. What did you think? I honestly thought that something else was going to happen. I, I I totally thought when uh, oh it's not Dunwalk it's uh, P 
Pierce. Pierce, the P- President yeah. Pierce. All right, we should set this up for the audience who hasn't heard it and know that we're going to spoiler this. So if you haven't listened to it yet, there will be spoilers here. But it is the Terms podcast available on Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere that you hear it. Uh, produced by Wondery or distributed by Wondery.com. And it is an audio drama about politics involving a si- fictional sitting president, who's Pierce, who we're talking about, and the incoming president-elect, Dunwalk. So that's all you need to know. Go listen to it. It's amazing. Then come back and listen to the rest of this conversation. So, yes, so, yeah, you didn't it, think it was going the way it went. Oh, no, yeah. I thought, I thought Pierce, like, when Ron and uh, the journalist were in the, you know, in the White House during the inauguration, I thought when Pierce left – I thought he was gonna like shoot himself, and some crazy stuff was gonna happen. That's where we were in Sad Town. That was the saddest episode ever. The end of eleven and the beginning of twelve, or the or thirteen, is the saddest episodes ever. No, it was twelve. You're right. I mean, yeah, that's where I thought I was like, oh man, this is this is gonna be bad because I was like, that is a good way to delay the inauguration, and I was like. Because, I mean, they're going to have to do all kinds of stuff. We're not going to have a president for a while. They're going to lock everything down. I, th- I thought that's what was going to happen. And <laughs> completely 180'd me. Yeah, we did. With some, with some amendment. And I was like, oh, my gosh. 12, the the episode, I'm, I, I'm proud of the whole series. I think it was really good. We learned a lot doing it. It's the first one that I ever written. And, again, for the audience that doesn't know, I wrote and produced it. Um, together with Lindsey Graham, who's a, a practitioner here in Dallas and an, an audio guru and engineer, but also a storyteller. Um, we had no idea how it was going to come out, and we learned a lot. But, man, that episode 12 cliffhanger, when the alarm is going off and the guys are freaking out and, like, we interrupt this program and – Zach, the guard, is like, I need you to stay in this room, and I need to remind you that I am armed. People are like, what? I mean, the Twitter sh- blew up. Twitter was like, what the F? FTO, holy shit. It was amazing. It was really fun to get to to get to get take an audience on a ride like that. Now, how, how did you guys, uh, how, did, how did you and Lindsay, you know, get together and decide that this is what you wanted to do? You wanted to do this podcast. Well, interestingly, Lindsay um, and his partner at the time, came to me and said, hey, we want to do audio drama. We think there's a niche for this. You know, there's hunger for it. Not many people are doing it. The people that are doing it are doing are, it fantastic. Are finding oh some gosh. success. The black tapes and, and, and you tennis know, and tennis, yeah. all of those. Now with the, the, what is it, monkeys? No, what's the, rabbits. The new yeah. one is rabbits about the, that's from the tennis folks. Um, but they'd said the thing that nobody's doing is everybody is doing a narrated fake podcast of some kind, like the message, like, Hey, this is a podcast. And then, Oh, strange things happen somehow in the periphery, but they're always like justifying why they're recording or who they're talking to. They're writing an audio letter to the wife that she's looking for or whatever. There's always some kind of device explaining where and what they're doing yeah and, and, and Lindsay's constantly coming on like like that that's my one thing i have about tannis is he's constantly repeating everything that he's doing because like he's been like and we yeah. went to this person and then that person is saying why then he has to explain as his character why he is doing like yeah. explaining to the other person he's talking to and it kind of gets her a little bit repetitive 
And and Lindsay's big belief that I think was true was like, hey, when we start watching a movie or a TV show, people don't say, why is there an, a camera in the middle of this police station? Like, no, you're just storytelling. No one asks why it's there. You're telling a story. No one says like, oh, why is there a car? Why is there a camera in the car? Even when it's a mockumentary like The Office, we never knew who was filming that or what it was for. They never yeah. said, oh, this is – it was just – there's a camera crew here. We're acknowledging it. But even still, like no one cares about the why if you're doing good storytelling. So they were big on like let's just do a radio play. Just like the 1940s, just like the 1920s, let's just do good radio play. Let's try to figure out a way to do it without a narrator. Let's try to figure out a way to, to challenge the audience and see if they will go along if we just do a movie on – Audio, an audio movie. And so then we start pitching ideas, and Lindsey Graham is the one that had come up with this idea in the, I think in college in the 90s. He had said it would be an interesting story to see a sitting president. So it had nothing to do with the current political stuff. This, this conversation happened in 2015. We started writing in January of 2016. Um, but the story he suggested was what would it take for a sitting president – a sitting two-term president to decide not to leave office. That was it. That's all we had for a jumping off point. And we're like, huh, that's really interesting. And because politics is a talking sport, it lends well to audio. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of like, it's not like baseball or horse racing. You have to see it. Like you can, politics is mostly about conversations between people. Like that's something audio does well. So, you know, and we'd also talked about, legal dramas and some other things that also worked in that environment. But we decided let's pursue that one. Started working on it, like I said, in 2015, before Trump was even a front runner, back when there were 17 Republican candidates. Yeah. Started writing it, had the outline done and the first six episodes written and the first three recorded by June. So again, before Trump even got the nomination. But as we're writing, we're writing this kind of over-the-top, far-right character who wins. And in our story, it's a Republican president and a Republican president-elect. Yeah, like, I it's within that, I the party. Was, I thought that was really cool that it's, you know, like, basically infighting in the parties. I thought that that was that – because was, I didn't know what Pierce was. I thought he was going to be a Democrat because, honestly, I thought – that's what you guys were kind of playing off of. And then it was like, oh, no, he's a Republican. I'm like, oh, that's like a second level here. It's very – it's it's really yeah. good. It was, it was a, It's really good writing. You guys did a phenomenal job. Thank you. I'm super excited about it. Mike, Mike Federico, um, who actually plays the reporter, is the co-writer with me. And he wrote my character and I wrote his character. And I was like, no, my character needs to be really small. And he kind of fell in love with Ron and wrote Ron into a big role. And I kind of fell in love with Daniel, his character, and wrote Daniel into a big role. So we kind of both dragged each other kicking and streaming <laughs> into the limelight of what was supposed to be just bit parts. But uh, he's a co-writer and he's a, a playwright of some note and success. He's got a musical that's um, workshopping on New York right now. Oh, nice. and uh, And actually has a role in uh, in psychopaths he's the old the professor that i go visit my teacher that oh, i go back and visit the one that, that is voice gun 
Yes, that is voiced by Mike Federico, who is is also the co-writer and Daniel in terms of the podcast. Oh, nice. It all comes back to anime. <laughs> <laughs> and we used a lot of people. Brandon Potter, uh, our Bruce Elliott. Uh, who, anyone who listens to Funimation has heard a million times, and his voice mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, Lydia Mackey, also in Psychopaths. Um, uh, Jeff Schmidt hasn't done a ton of Funimation, but our president appears. And then Brandon Potter's done a lot of, of, of Funimation in the last like three years. And he plays our Charles Dunwalk, the vice, the, the president-elect, whose his voice is amazing. Oh, God, yeah. And you have heard him, and I think you will continue to hear Brandon Potter a lot in 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 anime land in the coming in the coming years. So yeah, everyone, go out and subscribe. Wondery.com or iTunes. It's still going. It's still out there, and uh, season two is in the works as we speak. Awesome. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna produce another different series first so we can kind of alternate between the two um we're working on a a separate separate series and then we'll come back in probably midsummer with it with the season two of terms that's that actually that that sounds awesome like if it's anything like terms i know i'm going to be hook line and sinker for it the one thing we're going to do is we got to make them longer. Everybody said, like, in the beginning, we were trying to keep them short. Oh, yeah, no. And yeah, everybody yeah. across the board was like, no, they need to be longer episodes. We want more. We want more. So now we're going to be going from, like, the 12 to 15-minute to the 30-minute window, you can go which means we have the opportunity for backstory and A story, B story, C story, kind of some normal TV series stuff. You, you can well, go an hour. I'm, I'm sure we'll all totally be fine if you decide to go, you know, a couple hour podcasts. <laughs> we may have I, a th- few th- that, that, the, that, that, that go that far. That was the, the, the one, one that we're like, working on is a, is a historical piece that is actually drama, dramatization of actual, actual history. history. Oh, nice. And those, I think, are going to be real interesting. Because yeah, that was the one complaint I did have about terms. I would look and be like, it's only 11 minutes. Yeah, and see, we were just trying to keep them short because I'm coming out of the the world of writing like corporate videos, marketing stuff, sales stuff, YouTube video stuff. Where it's like, man, you got to get it under three minutes, and really, you got to get it under two minutes, or you'll lose their attention span. And so, this was my first foray into writing for podcasts, and I realized, like, oh no, it's the other way. People like an hour. People like their whole commute to be a single episode. But now, Definitely. see now you now they're all out. You can just binge watch them, so you won't even care about how long. Oh yeah, that's what I did. I did that at work. I was like, do 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 do. It was it was it was really kind of bad because I was doing it while I was working, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is really cool. And then I would slowly stop working, and it's just like, <laughs> I just have my hands on the keyboard. And be like, yes. Oh, oh, nice, nice, nice. That's my goal: bringing down productivity one worker <laughs> at a time. That's how I stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert. This was this was awesome. Um, thanks again so much for coming on with us for the third time. Third time's a charm, man. This is exactly. the winner. I think it's going to be great. And uh, you know, if if someone puts together uh, a, a compilation of their of their side of the conversation on my other interview, I think that could be really funny. You have to let me know if anyone submits. Definitely, definitely. And right, yeah, now, Robert McCollum, voice actor on Facebook. Like it, share it, tell your friends. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Man, beat me to the punch. I was going to ask where <laughs> everybody could find you. 
Uh, do you have a Twitter? ABP, man, always be pitching. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Twitter? Robert, uh, Rob McCollum at Twitter. Rob McCollum at Twitter, awesome. And you can find the show at Animation Station Podcast on Instagram, at Animate Podcast on Twitter. Um, you can also go to our website, which is animationstationpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting service. You can also go to our website, click on the little podcast tab at the top, and that'll have all of our episodes as well. And Again, tell your Rob- friends. Share podcasts with your friends. Share Animation Station with someone that doesn't know it's out there, man. Help it go. Definitely listen to terms. You will not be disappointed. Plus, you guys have a lot of I, – I also like what you guys do. You'll have your regular episodes, and then in between, you'll put some like behind-the-scenes stuff. And I thought that was really good. That's a, that's a really nice touch. Yeah, and, and I think we're going to do a lot more stuff. of that in season two. Robert, you're welcome back anytime. Hey, guys. When, when I have news that I'm allowed to announce, maybe I'll call <laughs> you back up and we'll talk about it. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Ron McCollum. Gavin, you're not here. What a schmuck. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com, where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 